Shorty. Chow Chi. Latsu Tsangta. Nana Lady, we go for a ride. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is he nuts? You know nuts. He's crazy. Moloram. Prepare to meet Kali in hell. Bucketheads, Mayvartigar. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Mandovision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast most of the time. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, via social media. You can find us at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, how is everyone doing? Welcome back. The second of our Indiana Jones bonus podcasts is what you're listening to right now. And I'm sure I said it last time, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I never really thought that I would I would do this on the Man Division podcast. I was, um, I think at the time, you know, when I started up this podcast, I still had another podcast where I talked about everything else. You know, I talked about Marvel movies and DC and all, all the, the movies I grew up with in the 80s, uh, you know, and that was, that was sort of the, the place for me to, to talk about things non-Star Wars related. Uh, but as, as life happens, as life changes and evolves and grows, uh, time became uh, uh, more of an issue. And uh, honestly, I, I started just having more fun doing the Star Wars podcast. So uh, uh, the, po- the, the TomCast podcast sort of has been, uh, it's not gone forever, but it's sort of been put on the back burner. Uh, and again, I never thought we would do this here, but it feels appropriate in a sense to talk about Indiana Jones on a Star Wars podcast, because again, it is the man himself. It is Harrison Ford. Uh, And, and again, I think a lot of people who, I think a lot of the audience for Mandavision is of my generation. Uh, And that means that to you, as it is to me, Indiana Jones is probably almost or equally important to your childhood Star Wars. So, you know, as we get up here and, we, and as we are getting ready for the release of the next, probably final Indiana Jones movie, 
with Harrison Ford at the very least, uh, Dial of Destiny, uh, why not spend a little time looking back on, on sort of the greatness of, of this film franchise? You know, I don't know. If, odds are we're not going to get to cover all the films up to um, when to, up to the release date here of Dial of Destiny. But, you know, last week we, we, we revisited when I did a podcast for the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now we're going to talk about uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the next entry uh, in the series, but not chronologically. Um, <laughs> but we'll probably end up talking about that at some point during the episode. Uh, but it's also – this is also a film that, that has become it, – it sort of depends on who you are, right? Like this is a movie that was divisive for, for a chunk of the audience. By and large, everyone agreed that it was a fine Indiana Jones movie, but it wasn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then uh, as we sort of moved into like a more modern period – the movie kind of became under fire for, for what people consider to be some, some uh, uh, racial and ethnic insensitivities uh, in the film. And, and that, you know, that's always a slippery slope to look through it, look at movies that are 40 years old through the, the lenses of today. Uh, and, and, but by and large, Indiana Jones fans, I think, have, have kind of done a 180 on this film. The ones who maybe were cr more critical of it back in the day uh, now sort of have embraced it as this sort of fun, wild romp that's uh, vastly different from anything else in the in the series and you know that was always to me as a kid that was always one of the charms of it was that uh it was as indiana jones as it could be right but it was vastly well i shouldn't say vastly different but they they george lucas steven spielberg the screenwriters they all went out of their way to make a very different picture than raiders of the lost ark they didn't want to they didn't want to tread familiar territory you know and it's you know that is not the way sequels do things nowadays uh so so it's, it's it was a pretty audacious move at the time and and again i think some critics can't kind of kind of came after the film because it wasn't the same um but i think it's one of those films that sort of has aged fairly nicely and and the people who uh, knew it and liked it have actually brought it closer to their hearts over the years um, and maybe that's just my limited interaction with with other fans uh, of the film, who 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 have told me sort of similar stories of of how they, oh they they liked it, but it wasn't their favorite, and then they revisited a few years ago, and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't really realize how great this movie is. Um, well, I'm here to tell you, I thought it was great from the from the jump. I love this flick, and I'm really excited to talk about it today with you guys. We're gonna do we're going to link up with my brother Mark once again, and this is an all new podcast. We're doing that. We're recording this. Uh, on, on June 17th, all right? So this is not like when we did Raiders and it's from 2021. No, 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 this is an all-new show. Uh, and I am going to do my best to maintain the, the, the Mandovision ethos of, of me not swearing, <laughs> which is harder than it sounds. Because <laughs> yeah, if you listen to last week's episode of that Raiders one, oh, I have, I have, I'm just free with the F-bombs. Just, <laughs> ooh, baby. Uh, let them, just let them fly. Just let them fly. Uh, so... Again, I, I hope you'll stick around. I know we're not talking about Star Wars on this one. This is just a, a nice little bonus show for all you uh, faithful members of Buckethead Nation. But I'm so glad you're here and, 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 and supporting the show and, and kind of indulging with us as, as we talk about Indiana Jones uh, heading to Dial of Destiny. Again, the final ride for Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And yeah, I'm a little sad, but I'm a little happy to maybe see one more adventure and, and maybe uh, – maybe, maybe, I don't want to say the redeem the franchise because again, that sort of, uh, I mean, that sort of implies I didn't that I hated uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as much as everybody else. And actually, I, I sort of liked that movie more than everybody else. I'm not saying it's a great picture, you know, it's still the fourth best Indiana Jones movie, but 
it's the fourth best Indiana Jones movie, which is still saying something. So that being said, uh, Harrison Ford, one last ride, and and hopefully a, a very memorable one. And I can't wait to check it out. It will be one of those films I will make the effort to go see in theaters. So I'm excited. But let's go ahead and talk about the movie we're here to talk about today, which is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, released in 1984. That means we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of this film next year. So we're a little ahead of the curve on this one. It is directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, the story is by George Lucas, of course, and the screenplay is by uh, Willard Huck and Gloria Katz, our principal cast. Surprise, surprise. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Kate Capshaw is Willie Scott. Kihei Kwan is Short Round. And those are, are like our primary characters. And I'm just going to stop there before I embarrass myself attempting to say uh, the names of, of several other people. <laughs> but let, we'll just keep it at the primary, right? So our plot for this movie <laughs> if you don't know it by now, you're going to know it real soon. In 1935, Indiana Jones is tasked by Indian villagers with reclaiming a rock stolen from them by a secret cult beneath the catacombs of an ancient palace. And, and ooh, baby, is that good stuff. <laughs> Again, we're going to talk about all of it, the, the, the ups and downs, the misconceptions, the misperceptions of this film. Uh, I, I think you're going to be here for a lively conversation. Uh, so sit down and... and uh, ooh, wow! I almost went back, went back into full pop, popcast mode, but you know what? Let's just let's just indulge. <laughs> Sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. But before you do that, strap on your buckets. Let's go. Where's the antidote? Listen, I just mentioned. Let me have. Christ, <laughs> <laughs> oh, another kind of girl. Hey, Doctor Jones, no time for love. We got company. Joining us now via the power of the internet. My brother Mark is here to talk all about the Temple of Doom. Mark, how are you doing? Greetings from Los Angeles, right? Correct. I'm good. <laughs> how are you? Still in LA. You haven't moved yet. I have yet to move. Okay. Um, Lovely. Well, it's great to see you. I'm I'm excited that we're talking about Temple of Doom. You and I did a one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done was when you and I did. Raiders of the Lost Ark for like the 40th anniversary uh, back in 2021. I love that episode. To me, it's like one of the, one of the better ones that I've ever done. Uh, so I'm glad that you're back for this one. Now, I don't want to set the bar too high <laughs> by comparing it to maybe my favorite episode that we've ever done. But we got a lot to live up to, Mark. <laughs> Just like Temple of Doom did. Just like Temple of Doom did. You see what we – and you've read my mind. You're going right where it's going. Oh, yeah. All right. So – uh, let's let's sort of talk about it, and, and, and let's let's go back to the '80s, back to our childhoods. I am a thousand percent sure that this is a movie we first saw in videotape. This is definitely not something we saw in theaters. We didn't see it in theaters. I okay. I, I don't know if I'm misremembering here, but I seem to remember seeing this at a screening in the music room of Maryvale <laughs> Elementary. <laughs> Like someone had gotten <laughs> that the like film a, that and like an played it for the students. <laughs> the heart ripping scene must have gone over real well with parents. I mean, I remember loving it, you know. <laughs> well, I know. But again, it's a different time. I could, could you imagine yeah. if that was the case now? <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, but that was the thing. I guess that was the reaction uh, most parents had to the movie, whether they took their kids to see it in theaters, because it was a PG rated movie before the time of PG 13. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know. uh, that's, 
I mean, maybe that's how I saw it too. I, I, I don't recall, I, but I remember you know once we had a VHS video cassette recorder, we were playing that movie all the time. Yes, yes. If I'm misremembering, then it was definitely on VHS. No, I mean you could be right. I just I, my brain may have a, a bit of a hole in that memory. So that that would be wild though. If that was something we saw at elementary school at a school, <laughs> a school screening, Temple of Doom. <laughs> All you, uh, all you Maryvale alumni, fact check us on that one, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Is, is Maryvale even still there? Uh, it is. Our good friend, one of our good friends, lives across the street from it. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's still there. All right. Now the real question is: is the hostess store still there? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Miss those Ninja Turtle cream pies though. Those are those are great. I don't remember them. You don't remember the Ninja Turtle cream pies? No. Oh my. All right. Moving on then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. So okay, let's talk about the the, the movie itself then, right? Um, I, I guess I kind of want to start with I sort of applaud one of the reasons why I think I've always liked this film a lot, and and I've always held this film in, in pretty high esteem is is probably the reason why a lot of people sort of knock it is I love how different it is from Raiders of the Lost Ark. One hundred percent. I love that it's it's just a vastly different film. Uh, apparently, this is also why it's a prequel. Because they didn't want, you know, they wanted to be able to have different villains. They didn't want to go back to Nazis. So yeah. they're like, oh, we'll just set it earlier in, in Indy's uh, career. Uh, and we'll stay away from, from Nazis that way. And we can fight cultists instead. I guess. I mean, I don't see why that was 100% necessary. But I think, it, I think it's cool that it is a prequel. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you, do you, did you notice any differences between this this quote-unquote younger version of Indiana Jones versus the version in Raiders of the Lost Ark? I, you know, he's a little bit more, he's a little rougher around the edges, I, I would that, say. He's I think, also, yeah. I think, a, he's a little more wild and reckless, a little, a little more prone to violence, even though he's pretty violent in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, and, and I mean, and he's into like some, some shady deals, you know? Like yes. The movie starts yeah. off and he's like kind of do- doing... Uh, not the honorable sort of archaeology that we expect from Indy, right? He's he's like a grave robber kind of in the way this movie opens. Well, I mean, is is he that honorable at the beginning of Raiders? Well, you know, we'd have to. Yeah. We'd have, we'd have... I don't know. I don't know the backstory behind the idol and why he was looking for it and why. Uh, 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 what's his name? Bullock. Which... <laughs> Belhock. Belloc, Belloc, thank you. I don't know why Belloc was going for it. You know, like we don't have the context for that, but you know, but yeah, he like he's involved with some pretty shady people, and you know, archaeology maybe just doesn't pay that well. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's in business with a a, a Shanghai gangster in yeah. 1935. That's where we open the film, Shanghai yes. 1935, uh, in Indy, in a, in a very sharp tuxedo. Yes, kind of, kind of James Bond esque in a sense. Very Bond esque. Yeah, which I think maybe is is a little bit of Spielberg's doing right because of you know yeah I've always wanted to do a Bond movie and and Indiana Jones sort of being the the that was his replacement. Yeah, so yeah. Now, he, now he gets to do like a Bond esque. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely what it was. <laughs> you know, and he had um, my understanding is that he had also like always wanted to do musicals and so george lucas came up with the idea of like doing the musical bit at the 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 dance sequence at the beginning of the movie and he was like this is right up your alley steven you get to do you get to put a musical number in it and 
you know, that's also very similar of a Bond film with those with those wacky, wacky openings. It is, but I'll, I, I, I think I want. I'm glad you brought the. I'm glad you brought the opening number because it is something I wanted to talk about because I do think uh, there's something uh, very important going on in that opening sequence, which is the the name of the song, "Anything Goes." Right. Yes. That's what this movie is. Kind like, of. Yeah. I mean, this this song that is, that we're opening this film with is telling the audience to get ready for what's going to be a really crazy, wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is kind of bonkers it's it's yes. got uh you know it's got like action adventure but it's got screwball comedy it's got horror elements it's a lot of things going on in this flick and and so they're telling you right from the jump anything goes watch out buckle up yeah <laughs> and i i that was I, I, that's one of those little things that i never really thought about until i got older and i would you know in the, like the last like, 10 15 years or so watching that sequence and being like oh they're talking to us right now they're, they're telling us What's about to happen? Right. And like, it's not going to be like Raiders. Like, they, they very consciously uh, make an effort to, to differentiate this film from Raiders. And I yes. think they're trying to tell the audience that with that song. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know uh, any – I haven't heard any official reason for why they chose it. Because I know, like, at the beginning, they didn't know what song they were going to use. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean that could be why they chose that song. It's also our introduction to Kate Capshaw's character, Willie Scott. Yes. Uh, Willie Scott again, like we said earlier, they want to differentiate from Raiders. You got to have a character that's the opposite of Marion, mm-hmm. and I believe that is Willie Scott. A one hundred percent. The not quite so capable <laughs> on her own. Uh, screams a lot. <laughs> is terrified of everything. I think I think she's quite capable on her own when she's in an environment. Her, her element. You, yeah. That's, you know, yeah. like you she's get the sense hapless, that the, you know, but once you take her out of the city, out of society, you put her in the yeah. jungle. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Anything yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. She's out of her element, so she doesn't know how to how to sort of get by and, and survive in it. And uh and it's great, in my opinion. I, I love the character of Willie. I think Kate Capshaw is, is great in this movie. She, she, it's, it's a character that's really grown on me. I remember at one point, um, I think in, in our younger years, it was sort of like the screaming was a lot for me. I was like, there's a lot of screaming going on in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but now, it's, to me, it's again, recognizing this movie, that this movie has so many different elements to it, the screaming sort of all jives and makes sense, and I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is, you know, I think when you, you look at the, at least the original three films, and you look at the female leads in them, and that they're all quite different from each other, mm-hmm. I, I think it works perfectly. It's just like, yeah, she, like, this is just that type of character. Yeah. You know? No, I, I would agree with you. And, 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 you know, I like that you can't, you can't compare Marion and Willie because they're apples and oranges. Yeah. You know, and, and like you, like you're saying too, Al, uh, Allison Duty in the third film. Very, yes. very different than the previous two, uh, right? And and again, I don't, I don't want to get too much into into Last Crusade, but like Last Crusade does go back to like the more familiar structure, like Raiders has. Yeah, Th- this film is very unique in its structure. You know, it, it, again, we get that cold open, like mm-hmm. we got in, in in Raiders, uh, but but when, once once the plane takes off, uh, it, it's 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 bananas, and I'll say it again, anything goes because this movie gets crazy real quick. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like the cold open is pretty bananas. It, it is pretty bananas, right? Okay, so like again, like we said, we have we have Indiana Jones in this uh, this Shanghai nightclub, Club Obi Wan. Yes, the, Club Obi Wan. Club Obi Wan, yeah. and and he's got the remains of the what is the the first emperor of the Manchu dynasty? I think that's what they said. Nerhachi. Nerhachi. <laughs> he's a very small guy. He's a real small guy. <laughs> and and he again, he's trading for a diamond. This isn't yes. this isn't the indie from Raiders where. We want to believe that that the the to, the statue that he was there to see was going to go to Marcus Brody at the museum, right? Right. This, this is a very different Indiana Jones in that regard. I think it's important to to make that distinction that, you know, like you said, he's rough around the edges. He's not quite the hero, yeah, that we know from Raiders. He is, a, 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 he's not quite there yet, right? Yeah, he's a little more selfish. Yeah, you know, the fortune and glory aspect of the of the film that we haven't quite gotten to yet, but we will. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that seems to be like the guy's main motivation here is like I find antiquities and I sell them for the money. Cashola, fortune and glory stuff. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I keep that in mind. I think you have to keep that in mind as you watch this picture, because it is again prequel. He's not quite the indie that we know, right? Mostly, but like you said, kind of selfish, kind of uh, you know. But, but he's got a he's got a little sidekick though, and we meet yes. we meet him as they escape from the nightclub. I don't know if I want to go to that part just yet, because okay. I have to ask you. I have to go back. Okay. <laughs> All right, the sequence with the lazy Susan, where they're they're moving your hachi yes. around and the diamond around, and and you know it's a fun sequence. I really like a lot of it, but then then one of the guys slips a glass of champagne on there, yeah, and Indy just drinks it. Like, yeah, he's feeling good. He's got his diamond. He's you know the deal's done. Was he not paying that much attention? <laughs> You know, I think he, I, I think he just liked to think that he, he got these guys up against the wall, sort of negotiation wise, and he thought he thought he thought at the end they would still they 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 would they would be somewhat honorable, and yeah, because they had a deal, and, yeah, and but he's dealing no. with gangsters, and not yes. so much, yeah, yeah, and then we get a great sequence, uh, and again, like one of the first sort of moments. <laughs> To differentiate this film from the previous entry is one's poisoned, uh, you know, and the, and the the poison works fast, Doctor Jones, uh, and and you know, he, and he's got to make his move. His guy's been shot and killed. Uh, yeah, he's kind of there on his own now. Things look bad. Uh, and of course, we have the classic trope of the antidote in a vial. Yeah, <laughs> very, very. It's it's very. It's it's such. It's still such an homage to like classic serials. I think it's we ha- we do have to keep that in mind when we watch these movies. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of the fun elements of it. <laughs> but but Indy, again, things are happening real quick at this point. He's got to turn the tables here. So, you, you know, you just flow, throw a flaming skewer through a guy's chest. Because why not? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <And you're> t- <laughs> like, oh, this is not right as the Lost Ark. This is very such different. a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're in like the first five minutes of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a guy on fire with meat on his chest. (laughs) You know, he just recognizes what he's got. He has to create absolute chaos. He's just, I'm not going to die. It's, it's, you know, the equivalent of being up against the wall and just thrashing your arms around. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it really is. And it causes the scene. It causes the ruckus. The, the antidotes on the floor, the diamonds on the floor, then the, the ice hits the floor, and, you know, yeah. it, and Willie ends up with the antidote, the diamond's lost in the chaos. Diamond's gone. And, yeah. you know, much like the cold open last time, you know, Indy just gets away with his life. He doesn't get the prize or any of the things that he wanted. Right. He just, he just escapes. 
Yeah, he just yeah he gets the antidote, but yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he drags Willie. They jump through the window. They they, they crash into the they go to, to the through the roof of the car. And we, that's our introduction to short round. Yeah, uh, and again, again, we were kids when we watched Indiana Jones. I don't think I'm saying anything outlandish here, but I love short round. Short round's great. <laughs> I still love that kid so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> he's a, again one of those. One of those rare times where, you know, the, the kid in the movie doesn't annoy the crap out of somebody, right? Like, right. who doesn't love Short Round? I don't, I don't know. He's iconic. He's, yeah. But, I mean, I do feel like – I feel like there there are some of those people who, who don't like Temple of Doom or maybe don't like is too strong. But, you know, they look down on Temple of Doom and one of the reasons why is because – is because of – short round in terms of just like oh there's a kid in the movie and even though even though it's a darker film than raiders it's still trying to appeal to kids at the same time and so i think you know there's you know kind of like the way people i mean definitely not as strongly as people reacted to say like jake lloyd and phantom menace but i think there's just even back then there was a certain um, thought of like, and eh, a kid kind of, kind of brings it, brings it down, makes it too silly. I think they need that though. I think they need that contrast because I mean, I agree. Like but... you said, it's a it's a dark film, and then you know, like I said, someone in the middle of this movie for about twenty thirty minutes, it's a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's some pretty terrifying things going on with with this thuggy cult, you know? Yeah. And, and again, I... for a PG rated movie, and you're like. I, it's so funny. I, I, I get it. It was the '80s. Things were different, but you're watching this PG-rated movie, right? And there's the, the sequence when, after we've just watched a guy have his his beating heart pulled from his chest, and he's still alive, and then gets plummeted down into into the lava in, in this in this giant cavern. I don't know what else to call it. You know, after just seeing all that, we you know, Indy sneaks down after the, after the cult's gone away. This the ceremony's over. He sneaks down. He's gonna grab the the, the Shankara stones, all right? And you, you get that shot from like that low POV that looks up, and you mm-hmm. kind of see past him, and you see like these little archways around the the chamber. Yeah. And it, it's flayed people. It's yeah. like skin suits flapping in the wind. Yeah. Like, there are so many messed up elements in this flick, and you're like, like, where are we? And I love it. I love every second of it. Absolutely, but I I love sort of like just kind of hitting those really dark notes because it's you know uh, horror is not exactly one of those those genres that that Spielberg spent a lot of time in, but no. he does it well when he decides to include like the the little things right those little mm-hmm. nods those little elements to it like, he does it really really well. Yeah, I mean it's one of the things that I love about the movie is I like it. It's very much a horror film. Yeah, and I yeah. And again, I think that's why you need to contrast that. With a character like Short Round in the in the picture, like you know, you don't you don't, it's, you don't want the to go too far one in one direction. It's the same reason you have Gizmo and Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're gonna have a movie like that, you gotta have like the cute and cuddly here too. And yeah, you have to like there has to be like the heart, like the pie in that time traveling movie. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Indiana. Indiana's relationship with Short Round is really a nice element to the flick. Yeah, I think so. You know, like, yeah. I, like again, I know we're jumping all over the place with this, but like the, 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 the that little quiet scene 
after you know Indy's been saved by the Black Sleep, um, and 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 it's you know they fought off the bad guys and it's time to do the hero things again and they just have like you know he and in short run just have like that little quiet moment with each other yes and it's just awesome mm-hmm. it's just a really strong scene and you, yeah. you you really see their relationship in that sequence yeah you know and and you get like those little tastes of it throughout the movie uh i also like the sequence in at night in the jungle when they're playing cards when they're playing cards great yeah. sequence between the two characters while willie's running around screaming at, at the every creature she finds yes Especially when you find out Short Run's been cheating at cards the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's great. I, yeah. lo- I love the relationship between the two characters, um, which, I, which again, I think most of us out there who, who enjoy this picture do. And that's why we all resonated so strongly when we saw the picture of them reunited, you know, last year at, at Star Wars Celebration or whatever it was. Right. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. I got I got dogs fighting behind me. Sorry. Oh, Okay. Little boy escaped from the evil palace. Many other children still there. What we do, Dr. Jones? What do you think? I think that somebody believes the good luck crock from this village is one of the lost Shankara stones. What is Shankara? Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. So I, I want to go back to the beginning of the flick when we're still in Shanghai because yeah, it's it's again it's one of those things I I don't know when exactly I noticed it, but now it's like one of my favorite things is is you know we get the we get the car chase through the streets of Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our heroes beat the bad guys to the airfield where they're gonna take off. Yes, <laughs> and you have the great line where Indy thinks he's getting away, and he closes the door, and you realize that he's he's getting on a plane owned by the guy he's running away from. Yes, and that's it's just one of those uh, uh, like bad luck Indiana Jones moments where you're just like this is this is really spot on, and I, I appreciate this little yeah to it. You know, uh, Lao She himself laughing, not you know gives the wave to the pilots. They know what to do. Apparently, this is not the first time Lao She has dropped a. Dropped a dropped a, a an opponent out of a plane. It'd be my guess. <laughs> do you think it's that they already knew what to do? Because when Indy is first getting on the plane, like Lao She is visibly upset, and it's then when he closes the door and we see that it's the plane is owned by Lao She that Lao She starts to laugh and then wave to the pilots. So, do you think Lao She didn't realize it was his plane at first, and then realized like? Oh, okay. I still have a play here, and then maybe they contacted the pilots by radio while they were in the air. Like, hey, do this. I mean, I guess that's possible. I, I, do, I do think uh, the, the the first part of your statement is correct. I do think at, at initially Laoche didn't realize that was his, his plane until the door closes. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, oh wait, and there's uh, Steve over there in the cockpit. He knows, and I'll give him the I'll give him the wink because we've done this before with fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, right. the radio idea makes sense <laughs> so it could, it could be well just because i tend to think like um otherwise why would like why wouldn't the pilots just take them out sooner you know what i mean i mean that's a good question like why do they do what they do when they do it yeah, you know, maybe that's when they thought they're just going to be easy, the most easily asleep. They're in the the, the Himalaya regions. You know, the odds are they're going to hit a mountain and die. Yeah, you know, there's no chance of of uh, uh, you know Indy bringing it in for some kind of smooth landing somewhere. 
Yeah, like I just like I just figure Lao Che or one of his men getting on the radio would be like, do this, don't engage them, because this guy is crazy. He's a kook. <laughs> yeah, like you may think he's asleep, but he could pull a flaming skewer out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> yeah, so we get the we get the great sequence, and once the pilots ditch out, you know, Willie wakes up yeah. first. No one flying the plane. You know, they, they're dumping the fuel. Uh, uh, we, we get a great line that pays out in, in Last Crusade. When, when, you know, remember Last Crusade when he tells his dad, fly, yes, yes. land, no. Well, yes. now we can see we see him fly in this one. <laughs> but right. There was no chance for landing here. No. <laughs> so talk, let's talk about the escape because, again, this is one of those things that I love as a kid, and I still love it now. I still, again, I, I'm sure the... I'm sure the, the, physics, the laws of physics don't agree with anything that happens in the sequence, but I still want to believe that if I had a raft, you I'd could be jump okay. out of an airplane. I could jump out of an airplane and be okay. It's low altitude. Low altitude. You know, they didn't fall that far. No, it wasn't that far. Just a couple hundred feet, probably. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? No problem. No problem. There have been skydivers who have jumped out of planes and lived. It's yeah. not a big deal. And I don't want to hear some some BS from somebody's like, oh, they did this on MythBusters and they proved it couldn't do it. I don't care. Anything can happen because anything goes, Mark. That's right. <laughs> anything goes. That's right. And then your raft will act as a snow nut. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't – every time I watch this sequence – and I, I, I should note for the record here that I actually – I watch this film constantly, especially now, okay. that, it's, now that it's streaming everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, this, this is something that began maybe five, six, seven years ago whatever, whenever that Paramount Network launched. Uh, and it felt like every weekend they would play – all three Indian Jones movies all weekend long, and I would just sit there and watch them, and then have to deal with commercials. And yeah. then, and then Paramount Plus came along, and and uh, I'm fortunate enough to have that access to that right now, and and that was on there forever. And I would be, I would just put those on on the weekends at night when I was like, oh, I'm gonna stay up and watch some Indian Jones action, and and then <laughs> and now it's over on Disney Plus, and it's like I have Indian Jones nonstop happening. I watch these flicks all the first three. I, I will say it's the first three. I do not. I've not indulged. In Kingdom of the Crystal Skull recently. Nor should you. But I rotate between Raiders, Temple, and Last Crusade constantly. So every time we get to this sequence, and again, it's a sequence I see, I've seen a million times. I, I, can't, I cannot help but think of our snow nuts from our childhood. Our inflatable yeah. snow nuts for the winter going down the hill in the Civic Center in Rockville, yes. Maryland. <laughs> and and you went off a cliff that one time. <laughs> <laughs> right into the creek. Yes. <laughs> So you lived it. <laughs> That's why I believe in the raft of the airplane so badly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that ball of 10 or 20 feet, really comparable. <laughs> if memory serves, didn't, didn't, didn't this happen to Dad, too? One time, didn't he go off the cliff into the crowd? I I have no idea. I if that ever happened, I do not remember I remember it. him one time having very wet pants coming back up the hill. <laughs> okay, maybe he did and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> we'll have to interrogate him next time. Yeah. So tomorrow is Father's Day. I'll put him on the spot. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I watched that scene and I, I do think of our, our, our snows and, and I, I always chide myself. I'm like, why did I ever get rid of those? Those were yeah, awesome. I don't know. Why did they we ever switch great. to plastic sleds? They sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were we thinking? Yeah. Definitely go inflatable if yeah. you're going get to a, get a sled. No, I've, I've talked to um, uh, my wife many, many times. About when we go to Mammoth, we should spend a day getting running inner tubes because it's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah, 
And they have like those little pull things. It's not like you have to like walk up the hill. Like, you know, you just ride mm-hmm. your snow nut around and ride the inner tube. Yeah. Oh, miss those things, buddy. <laughs> Me too. I miss snow, period. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I yeah. don't I don't get up to Mammoth on a yearly basis like you do, so I don't I love it up there. Yeah. Seems nice the one time I was there. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, they, they land in the snow, they go down the hill, the, the mountain, uh, and then off a cliff. Now, the, the fall off the cliff is probably more substantial than the fall of the plane, right? Yeah. But they land in water. Just they land in water, and they're still in their raft. And they're so still in a raft. Convenient. Perfect. Yeah, which was inflated the entire time the entire of the fall. time. And I don't want to hear, like, oh, I totally would have tipped over. Don't want to hear it. Not here for that argument. Get out of here. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. The, the weight if it tipped over, it would right. have just, just would have been like a parachute at that point. <laughs> just just hold on to it, you know. It's just like, shut your mouth, haters. <laughs> so yeah, then we end up in a river. We don't know where you are. The, the the adrenaline's out of the system. They they're all crashed out, and they that's when they they find the the nice village elder, uh, and they find out they're in India. Yeah, they they drift quite a ways. Well, I mean, that map did show them in the general vicinity. But, yeah, it looks like they were in yeah. that river for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the impression we're supposed to get. Yeah. My my uh, my geography isn't stellar on that. But, I mean, you know, the map kind of kept us in the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, since I brought up Mammoth, apparently that mountain scene is actually in Mammoth. Oh, okay. If that's you, cool. Yeah, if you look at the production locations, uh, Mammoth Mountain and a couple of other places in California are, are parts of various sequences. Okay. This is back in the day when apparently you would just go to Mammoth for a day and, and shoot a bunch of B-roll or whatever. <laughs> There's a million filming locations, but the bulk, obviously the bulk of the production's in uh, Sri Lanka, if, in case anybody's wondering. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I, I, I was looking at that last night, and I was like, oh, that was Mammoth? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, they're actually in Mammoth for that, that little bit. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Any hoot. <laughs> back, back to the film. Let's go to the village. Uh, it, short round tells us bad news coming, and that's exactly what happens because we, yeah, we get to this village and it is uh, not in great shape. The right. life has left the village. It's just a lot of old people. There's no children running around. Uh, uh, go ahead, talk talk me through the the sequence here. What, how how did you react to to seeing all this? What was your I don't know. Just you you talk for a little bit. <laughs> you go. <laughs> all right. I mean, I I love this sequence. Um, Kind of like what you said, they they set it up great, sort of purely visually. They they get there, all the vegetation is dead or dying. There's sort of no wildlife around. There's no children. It's just these sad, you know, sort of adults and older people. Um, and this is when we get sort of the the mystery, spooky, supernatural element introduction, similar to um, the scene in Raiders when they first start, when they're talking to the government agents about the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and that the, the Sri Lankan, I, I, the, the, the Sri Lankan actor who, who plays the village elder is just, he's great in delivering his lines in English, which apparently he did not speak a word of. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Uh, apparently what it is, like, when he's describing to Indy that, uh, what, like, the, the lights in the, the palace at, at 
Pancot have come on again, and then like the darkness has spread from there like a monsoon. There's all these pauses in his speech, and like in those pauses, that's where Spielberg was feeding him his line. Yeah, yeah, and it's so funny that it's like such a practical reason for those pauses to be there, but I feel like they work so well to uh, convey the sort of the the terror that that the villagers feel because of what's happening it's like the these awesome dramatic pauses that had that actor actually spoken english we might not have gotten no and and, and like you said you know it's it sets up like the supernatural elements the talking about the, the the power of the magic rocks of the, the the of the shankara stones shankara stones yeah and um but we also get introduced to like the the first like horror element of the of the film, which is that these people came in the middle of the night, burned their village, and stole their children. Yes, I mean that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot to unpack from that. You're like, whoa, what kind of people are we dealing with here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like good. I don't want to compare the thuggies to the Nazis, but like the thuggies, they ain't messing around. Well, I mean, but that's <laughs> the thing. Is it is it really all that? Is it really all that different? It's it's this death cult yeah. that is, uh, you know, enslaving people and with with uh, machinations of world domination, you know. The black sleep of the Kali for everyone. Yeah. So you know, it's one of those things where it's it it's an interesting movie because it, like yes, it it's trying to be different from Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it still also has all of the same things, just in different a different vehicle and a very different tone. It. Yeah. Uh, so let me let, let this is a good place to to ask this question because this is this is kind of the question I've been kind of I've, I've been trying to figure out how to phrase this, how to get into this with you. I think okay. we're at, I think we're at a good entry point right now because right. the village elders they're talking about. This is when we also get into the the notion of of Shiva delivering them to the village, delivering Indy to the village. The yes. idea of Indiana Jones, who we can all accept from Raiders to this movie, kind of like the the, the pulp hero, right? You know, yeah. it, now all of a sudden, this I love this idea of of Indiana Jones, the the prophesized hero, right? Like it's a fun juxtaposition from the last film, mm-hmm. and and it. it it goes kind of against everything that Indiana Jones thinks he believes, right? Right. I, so I, I want to know sort of where do you land on, on this movie? I mean, we, we see these supernatural elements in play throughout this film. Does Shiva bring Indy to the village? I... <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Mm, are there larger, sure. Are there, are there larger powers at play in this movie? I mean, why, I mean, why not? God melted Nazis' faces in the next installment. You know, I, I, you know, to say that like there isn't a supernatural element to Indiana Jones is like you're not watching these movies. Yeah. Um. You know, but it it's obviously left ambiguous. You don't have to. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to. I and I honestly, I never even really kind of thought about it in terms of whether or not I think he's like a prophesized hero in this. I. You know, but I can see the argument for, and I can see it against, and you know. But given that there is such a strong supernatural element to the story, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's one of those fun elements that I've I've really been like 
over like the last couple of years, I, I sort of just like really chew on that aspect of it a lot because I, it, it's fun. For, it's it's just one of those, like you said, it's ambiguous. So it's kind of fun to just think about and kind of go back and forth with like the different things. And I I love sort of looking at it from just different perspectives, specifically like indies because. You know, Indy's not the guy who thinks he's the hero, right? Like he's just an everyman, right? He's like, he's like the everyman just doing what he does, and yeah. and he thinks he's doing the right thing more often than not. Now in this movie, he's not necessarily always doing the right thing necessarily, which is even which is why I think him pushing back against being this this chosen one or like you know delivered from Shiva to save these people is even more interesting to think about because at this point in his career, Indy does not seem like necessarily the good guy at all because again. We established he's something of a grave robber in this in this first installment here, chronologically right. speaking. Yeah, and and it's it's fun for me to think about those things and for, and to wrestle with the idea of this every every everyday character, everyday hero that Indy becomes as as sort of like this hero of like folklore in a sense. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's yeah. a really fun element that I think some people will kind of like gloss over because, like you said, for some reason we 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 we're, when it comes to like. You know, Christian faith, more people are willing to go for the ride. They're like, oh, yeah, God melted their faces off. I get it. Oh, the Holy Grail. They're going to live forever in that cave. I get it. But you get into, like, other people's religions, and it's like, oh, that's a bunch of BS. Sounds like nonsense to me. You know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I, 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 I think that has more to do with, you know, in, in Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, I mean, we actually see sort of, the power of God doing these things. Whereas, whereas again, in this, it, like, it's just, it's just kind of, it's left ambiguous. It's something the villagers say, and, you know, who knows? Yeah, but I mean, they think, think about the end of the movie when, when uh, they're hanging off the side of that bridge and Indy's, Indy's uh, calling down Shiva on him. You betrayed yeah. Shiva. Very true. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I mean, so. it, like, it's like all of a sudden, like, Indy believes yeah. And like he sort of is able to funnel that power and activate the Shankara stones. Yeah, it, I, I, it's just a really fun element that I think some people just kind of gloss over because it's not, it's not representative of, and maybe maybe my perspective is a little bit limited here because it's I'm used to dealing with, you know, other Americans about this and, and we're very familiar with, you know, Christianity. So I, I would be curious how other cultures kind of view it view it all. Yeah, especially ones who who are of our age and grew up with it. I'm very, I'm very curious. I just think it's, I just think it's this really fascinating element. I just really in, enjoy sort of thinking about this other faith in the film. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm into it. No. Yeah. It's interesting. Plus, again, it's just intense. Like the way, the way Harrison Ford is like delivering that line when he's telling, when he's telling Molderam he betrayed Shiva. He's just so fired up about it. It's like he's yeah. a true believer all of a sudden. Like he's seen these things now and he can't unsee right. them. It's wild. Right. I, this film's got so much cool stuff going on. <laughs> It's cool. <laughs> and again, I'm like, agreeing with you. Of of the many things in this film, of of which I'm sure we will talk about when we get to them. <laughs> the Shiva stuff is like more believable than some of the other things. <laughs> like like the flying minecarts and uh the fact that like, right. when those guys are shooting arrows across them that none of them hit Indiana Jones. <laughs> like the Shiva stuff is more believable than that stuff. <laughs> They're all hopped up on blood. <laughs> all the clean, you know, drink all that clean blood wine. Can't hit shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then we get our jungle sequence. I don't really have a lot more to say about that. We already sort of touched on on some of the the pivotal parts of it. Uh, should, should we just get to the palace? Should we just get to Pancot Palace? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we should, you know, maybe point out because you wanted to talk about the, the fortune and glory aspect. Oh, is there that, you go. You know, yeah, that, that's sort of his motivation. You're right. That's sort of what spurs him on is like he believes these Shankara stones are going to get him fortune and glory. Right. And that, you know, one of the kids managed to escape and make his way back to the village and, and hands Indy a, uh, a cloth with uh, like a hieroglyphic on it, essentially, of of what Shankara being given the stones by uh, Shiva. Shiva. Yeah. And yeah, that's what that's what convinces Indy to to go on the journey. Yeah. So like he's not even doing it for like noble reasons. And and I think we, we get reminded of that again. I, I think it's important to point out Indy Jana Jones is very different. He's, I shouldn't say very different, but he's different than the Raiders version of himself. And yeah. we are reminded of that when we get the Pancot and we're introduced to a, 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 a Chetar Lal, yes. the, the guy who greets them. And they talk yeah. about, I, I forget what country he was in. Was it Honduras? I think he said Honduras, yeah. Yeah, where, where Indiana Jones, there was an incident in Honduras, and someone there was going to... Now, Law thinks it was cut off his head, but the implication it was going to be something else, another body part that was yes. probably more precious to a man. Yes. <laughs> so, again, we're, we're still establishing the fact that, like, Indiana Jones is not Raiders Indy yet. He's not there. And, like, maybe this is the journey that he needs to go on to get to be that guy. Yeah. I think that's sort of what we're seeing with this film overall, especially by the end of it and the choices that he makes at the end of this film. Yeah. It, it, so again, it's sort of another underrated aspect of the, of the flick is, is sort of the arc that, that Indiana Jones goes on from where mm -hmm. he starts to where he finishes. And again, I, I like law reminding us that this is not that indie yet. We're not quite there. You know, again, he's familiar in, in the right senses. Like he's got all the right approach to things, but his moral compass is still a little askew. Flexible, flexible, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and again, like you said, uh, he, he, yeah, he doesn't think he's he doesn't go on this quest because he thinks he's going to be able to save these people. He's going on this quest because he thinks he's going to get rich. <laughs> so, right. It is important to remember that. As, I'm glad you brought that up because that that is a key element to this picture. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he thinks he's going to get rich, and that's why he's doing it. But I think it, you know. I th there's definitely the human aspect of the character that you know the the plight of this village also right. I think is appealing to him as well. Well, okay. So let me ask you this though, but do you think at, th at this point, having gone no further, not getting into the catacombs, do you think Indy's plan here is to get the Shankar stones and screw this village? I'm going to be rich. I, it's we, I don't know. It might be. Yeah. I don't know either. You know, I, I, I sort of, I haven't like really landed on a definitive answer yet. Mostly because I think I believe in Indiana Jones as the good guy. I, but it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of know exactly where he's he's going to land on things right. before he goes through what he goes through. Yeah, you know, and when he takes, you know, w once he gets to the the actual temple of doom, and there's three of them, I bet he's just like, oh, I could give one back and then I take the other two. Maybe, maybe that's what maybe. But again, we don't really know the play. You yeah. Know, again, I, I think a lot of times as as an audience especially ones like us at the time who were familiar with Raiders, we're like, oh, well, he's going to do the right thing. He's Indiana Jones. But we never, we never really get to explore that necessarily. Like, we see him yeah. take him, but he gets caught pretty quickly. Yeah. So Let's we don't really honest. know he's, what the plan is. He's probably going to take him. He's probably going to – I think he's probably going to take him too. I think he's probably going to take him. But the, 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 the moment 
again, I know we're again we're skipping ahead, but the moment where Indy sort of changes is when he sees what's happening to those kids. Yeah, because like 100%. what else explains him making the decision? When he hears it, yeah, when he hears yeah. it, and then he goes and sees it, and then for reasons that I, I can only imagine it affected him very very deeply, he throws that rock to to expose himself because he was right. going to get away. Yeah, and then he throws that rock at the guy whipping the kid. Yeah, and I think that's the moment where Indy starts to change. Yeah, and you know he starts to realize there's a lot bigger thing happening here than I than I realize. So I, it it it. I think Indy's the guy. Are, the guy getting his heart ripped out before that—that that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. Like whatever. Like uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know that dude. I don't know that guy. He ain't no kid. <laughs> yeah, he's just a man. I don't care about that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Indy's personal arc is was one of the, is one of the things that's sort of ignored a lot of times when people discuss this fi- this film, and it's uh, I think it's really important. I'm just saying. Just saying. The arc of the arc of the character is always important. Yeah. So yeah. But again, this is this is. I mean, we're talking about. But yeah, it's it's an interesting choice to to make him that character, mm-hmm. considering I, I, how we had seen him in the first movie. I have to go back because I I I believe I have on on the initial DVD release of the of the of the of the original trilogy for Indiana Jones. There's a there's a documentary for Temple of Doom where I think the screenwriters sort of address that. And and they sort of talk about like how they did want to make Indy not quite the shiny you know do gooder that he was in Raiders, so I'll have to pull that up. Yeah, I'm the the little bit that I saw for the making of. Um, yeah, I mean that was definitely you know we we use the term rough, rougher around the edges, but yeah, I sort of think he was yeah rough around the edges and and very, like you said very selfish. We'll stick with yeah. that. I don't I don't want to impugn the man's character too badly here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's that thing of like, like, yes, he is a selfish character, but he also, he's also taking care of short round, mm-hmm. you know? No, it, so it's it, like, and again, it shows us his capacity to be, uh, you know, this, this good person. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we, again, and again, as the audience, we know he has that capacity because we've seen him as the person who does the right thing. Right. We just have to kind of get him to connect all the dots for himself. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a fun journey. Yes. But let's go back to the introduction of Pancot because we could not do a Temple of Doom podcast without talking about the dinner sequence. Right. <laughs> Mark, I'm going I'm to turn it over to you because I, like, I feel like this is your wheelhouse. This is your kind of dinner party. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's, uh, it's snake surprise, <laughs> eating, eating live snakes whole, just shoving them down your throat. Uh, eating eating bugs and yeah, the, monkey brains and beetles, eyeball soup, chilled monkey brains, yeah, the chilled monkey soup. brains, yeah. Uh, and and the the reactions of Short Round and Willie have to be exactly what the audience was doing. Yes. <laughs> now uh, this I, I I hesitate to bring this up because uh, by and large this 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 is a uh, love fest for this movie, but very often I, I don't know if you like to read a lot of um, dissenting opinions on. Movies where they often do. look through the modern lenses of things back yes. in old pictures. I do. And I hate that. I'm just going to say it. But this is one of those scenes that gets attacked a lot. Yes. <laughs> and, again, I, I don't really necessarily want to mount a defense because I don't think you need to. <laughs> but if you're one of those people who doesn't enjoy the sequence because you think it's like the ugly American in a different, in a, in a, in a, in a different culture, a different environment – I don't. I don't want to tell you, but it's a movie. 
And I never thought this about Indian people ever in my life. I don't know what else to tell you. Correct. As Even as a child, I knew this was a movie. Yes. And I think, you know, um, for one thing, my understanding is that it was, you know, you listen to Spielberg and Lucas and, and all the filmmakers talk about the sequence. And it was literally like, they were just trying to have some gross out fun with the movie. You know, like there certainly wasn't any malintent behind it. And also, I also just kind of write it off as like, well, yeah, I mean, these are all like thuggy cult people. So that's kind of, that. I feel like that's part of it. That, yeah, that's why they eat this it's, sort of stuff it's it's com it's completely silly to me I, I again i think they they these things are in the movie for for the shock view not because it's representative of indian people in their culture right so yeah. if, if that's your train of thought I, you, you pump the brakes yeah <laughs> Just, yeah i don't yeah you know because the thing is is like earlier in the village we see them eat the villagers food mm -hmm. and that's not what the villagers are eating yeah they didn't give them a plate you of noodles yeah, like it's something that's unappetizing to Willie, but even in that moment, it's like what Indy says to her when she's trying to refuse the food. He says, you're insulting them and you're embarrassing me. So it's, it, it's not that the filmmakers weren't aware. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not that they, I don't think they were being insensitive. No, I, 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 I don't think so either. And again, I, I don't believe in, uh, uh, taking modern a uh, modern lens to movies that are forty years old, it, it does it doesn't make sense. You know the things are of their time, whether good or bad, whatever. This is, you know, there's there's also a lot of attacks in this film for for just general racism as well. But again, I choose to. Which I I mean, look, I've I've I looked at I've looked in and heard most of those, and like the the banquet sequence, I, I think I. I just think they're a bunch of bunk. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. That's where I'll, that's where I'll leave it at. That I don't know. I don't really want to go down that that wormhole too much. But again, looking at things with today's eyes is dangerous, and it's a waste of time, honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's in my opinion, though. All right, but this does set up uh, uh, the the building sexual tension between Indy and, and Willie, and I don't really want to talk about it too much because, like, whatever, it's just a fun sequence. It's great. Yeah, it's it's got some good stuff. The 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 sort of there's some fun chemistry between the two characters. There's great chemistry between the two characters. I, I think their banter is really good. Yeah, it's a good back and forth, uh, and it leads. And you know, it's funny. One of the ugh. oh, how much more do you want to say about that before I move to the next thing? Ooh, say about what? About those those two and their banter. Is there anything else you want to do before I move on? No, I, I just just simply that I th I think they both have really good chemistry together. I really enjoy the 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 like love hate kind of relationship between the two of them. But, yeah. Well, and, and, and again, it's it's playful in a way that's a very different than than Marion's relationship with him in Raiders. So yes, and yeah. again, another reminder that we're in a very different picture here. Right. Um. The the now the next sequence while they, while they're and they're stubborn standoff with each other, and they're waiting each other out in their in their separate rooms. Uh, is is the sequence where the the first thuggy cult member is going to attempt to kill Doctor Jones? 
Yes. Now, this is a scene, <laughs> and again, you let me know if I'm wrong on this, but I, again, this, watch this movie a million times as kids on VHS, and I could never see this guy in the background. Now that everything's like 4K, super crystal clear resolution, I can't not see him <laughs> in the back of the room. <laughs> well, but I think that's because, you know, we know he's there, and it's because, uh, like, I, when I was watching it um, last night, it's like, like, yeah, like, you know he's there, and you want to... I don't know, just every time it's like you want to look for him, but I, but genuinely, like, I still watch it, and I just, and I think to myself, like, they did a really good job. They do. Of hiding him back there, and that if you don't know he's there, unless your eye just happened to glance at that side of the screen while you were watching the movie in, in theaters, I don't think you would have noticed him, you know? Yeah, I, I, th- I think this is one of those, those things where, like, technology has, uh, uh, just kind of made it a little bit easier to spot him if you're looking for him. If you if you're looking for which him, which I do every time now, and I th- yeah. again I think it's just gotten easier because the technology has just made it so much clearer that he's back there. But yeah. I you know I remember a million times you know watching watching the video VHS copies or watching it on TV and like yeah I mean the background was just dark like you knew there was some some kind of mural back there. But yeah, you, you know you couldn't really pick anything out of it. So when he when he comes out of the shadows, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, and it's it's still very effective now. But, yeah. yeah, you know, I, it's just one of those little moments, and I, I love the sequence. And again, another reminder: this is a little bit of, of a darker picture because that guy's death is like not good. It's great. <laughs> World's most powerful ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, they must have like really put some bolts in that sucker. Up in the <laughs> well, just that and a strong motor. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, gruesome though. Yeah, <laughs> and it happens right there in front of Short Round's eyes. Yeah, like that kid is so scarred. He's seen so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those those kids back in the '30s—they were more resilient. What are you gonna say? <laughs> Do you think after this adventure, like short round, broke away from Indy and was just like he was just horribly, horribly disturbed by everything that had happened to him, and he just blames Indiana Jones for making him mentally disturbed? No, I think after this movie, um, Indy buys him that elephant, and they join the circus. <laughs> Sounds horrible. That, that <laughs> elephant became Short Round's best friend. He said so. I, I, he did say they were best friends, yeah. <laughs> so, so Short Round and that elephant join the circus, and they go from town to town bringing happiness to children everywhere. Maybe him and the Maharaji become best friends. Mm, I don't know about that. There's some history there now. <laughs> <laughs> the Maharaji, like you like that little boy? You big fan of him? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's—it's so funny because, like, again, we talk about Short Run being like this this kid actor that we're all sort of like, yeah, no, Short Run's great. The Maharaja, get him out of here. He's one of those annoying well, kids. You're just like, I can't wait to see him get beat down by. by well, yeah, but I think that's because of the the character. It's not because <laughs> of the the kid. You know, it's I, was, I wasn't trying to attack playing. the child actor. I wasn't trying to attack him. Okay, all right. <laughs> But I, I love how before seeing him, Willie is trying to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking for fortune and glory, Mark. Everyone's looking for fortune and glory. You just got to get it how you can get it. Get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this leads us to the discovery of the catacombs. Uh, of yes. course, it's in Willie's room. And it's, it's a fun exchange between the two as she thinks he's there for her and he's looking for more assassins. And yeah. then eventually he stumbles across the passageway. And this leads us down into the catacombs to the Temple of Doom itself. Yes. Uh, we get all, like, the great serial 
uh, not cereal like the breakfast kind, but I mean like cereals. Uh, yes. Like all those action adventure Alan Quartermain kind of moments, right? Like yes. you get the guys hidden in the wall, you get uh, uh, booby traps, and you get you know death traps, and you get all the things. Like this is sort of the hallmark of the, like this genre, and it all happens here in like the next bunch of minutes, right? Yeah. You know, you get the bug, the chamber of bugs, where it sounds mm-hmm. like you're stepping on fortune cookies, the the, the whole thing. <laughs> and again, to this day. The bug scene creeps me the f out. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's so, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much worse than than like snakes and stuff like that. Yeah, it, you know, you know. Just, I, I remember I remember being a kid and having some issues with the with the uh, with the dinner sequence, right? No, no, yeah. no. Like that's mellowed over time for me. I'm like, whatever. The bug scene yeah. is still a lot for me to process. I'm just like, I would be freaking out yeah I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's a lot for me to process but like yeah it does it does it just it like makes your skin crawl and uh i don't know what the hell that bug is that's on oh, willie's like, hand the, the giant like, stick bug or whatever it is yeah is it's something it's just like what is that it looks like a baby dinosaur it's terrifying so, yeah it's it's something oh my yeah. gosh no uh what's what's the story on that like i think kate capshaw had to take like a bunch of sedatives or something because she couldn't film the scene otherwise yeah, she said she took a sedative so that she she could she could pull through. I would have taken which, all those sedatives and hope I died so I didn't have to film it. <laughs> which I mean, good for her for taking those sedatives and still being able to give such a lively performance. <laughs> and the sequence where she has to put her hand in like the most bug infested looking thing ever. Yes, and it's, it's just it's so great. And again, this is when Indy and Short Round are in the death trap. Short Round is activated. He closed the door and then he activated the, the crushing spikes of death. Uh, the spike chamber. And and the whole sequence where Indy's yelling for help, uh, the, the we are going to die, all that yes. stuff is just gold. It's incredible. Yeah. So much good stuff. And then possibly my favorite thing in the movie is once the door opens and Willie comes running in, the look on Indiana Jones's face, the absolute disgust <laughs> that she was about to let them die because of a bunch of bugs, <laughs> cracks me up every time. Yeah? Harrison Ford is on fire in this movie. His, he's just, he just says so much about saying anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he loves the character, and, and it shows. And and then uh, Willie immediately reactivates the death trap. <laughs> yes. So they have to. They cannot go back at this point. This is this is it. Like this is the character's sort of. Uh, they the, the point, point of no, of no return. return. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they there's no going back now. They are in the temple of doom, and that is the movie. Like yes. we are here for the next bunch of terrible, horrifying things. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when we get to see the first sequence, the the thuggy ceremony, the guy getting his heart pulled out, all this like, stuff. The stones are mine! You betrayed Shiva. You betrayed Shiva. You betrayed Shiva. You betrayed Shiva. All right, so again, we're at the the thuggy ceremony, our introduction to Molaram. Uh, what, what do you want to say about Molaram? 
awesome. He's awesome. He's a great best, villain. Best villain in the whole series, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, the only he's 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 kind of the only villain in the in the series that like Indy gets to really engage with uh, for a good chunk of it. You know, like they have a lot of scenes together. It's it's not just the you know Raiders and Last Crusade and and you know Crystal Skull. They all have like the sort of uh, pursuit angle, right? So like they're yeah. not all in the same scenes together. This movie is much more one location, mm-hmm. uh, and so they have a lot more back and forth with each other, which I think makes Molaron maybe even like a more personal villain to to Indy because they have so much interaction with each other. So I I really like Molaron as a bad guy in this picture a lot, and that actor is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's a total um, Umrish Purdy. Yeah, he's and I've heard he's he, I've heard he's like quite a legendary. Uh, a villain in in in, uh, in like Bollywood yeah. movies, yeah, and I love that for him. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, he's he's absolutely great. The whole his whole look, uh, just the actor's portrayal of it, and like you said, we get. I don't I don't know if there's more interaction than say between there was between Indy and 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 Belloc. Um, and who's who's the guy in Last Crusade? The one that like we we think is on Jones's side, but then he's not. Uh, Donovan. Donovan, yeah. Um, you know, but I I just think there's, well, there's... You, you get you get like a lot of first act, third act stuff with those characters. This you got a lot right. of, like you get a lot of uh, second act with. with well, I mean, this is all second act, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get second and 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 third act. Uh, on the uh, on the bridge mm-hmm. sequence, um, you know, but I, I think it's also just you know, like with Donovan, you know, he's playing Indy, he's trying to be, you know, uh, not trying to, he's pretending to be Indy's friend, um, whereas uh, uh, Mullaram is just like, yeah, he's evil. This is what we want. It's unabashed and unapologetic. And he just fully embraces that and and runs with it. And and again, his look is so great. Like that that skull helmet with the oh like the ox horns. And even then, when he's bald, when he takes it off, yeah, and, you know, and his bald head, it's a great look. There's so much I love about this movie, as far as like the aesthetics, like the the production value, the sets, the, the costuming, all of it's like spectacularly done. Hundred percent. You know the, the I love the way scenes are lit in this movie. It, it's all just it's, done with such skill. It looks like the characters go on a journey to hell. Yeah, and I think it's so awesome it's, because of it. It's it's super epic in that sense, and uh, for for Molaram in particular, I, I think one of the reasons why I think he's such a great villain for Indy, particularly as we sort of alluded to already, that that. You know, Indy's on a uh, – he doesn't know it, but he's on like a bit of a journey of self-discovery here to find out who he really is. Mm-hmm. And to have a character like Molarum who is so just dead set evil and wrong in everything yeah. that he does is like sort of like this this interesting uh, – sort, of, sort of provides like an interesting mirror for Indy to look at himself in and, and, and the choices that he makes and how it affects people and things like that you know when molar sure. before they before they give indy the 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 um the black death of the kali you know and he's kind of like laying out the thuggies plans you know you, you get the great line from 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 indy the what a vivid imagination you have 
Yeah. <laughs> you get all that great stuff, but it's it's. I, I think it's important for for Indy to come up against a character like this who is so staunchly on one side of the spectrum, and right. it, it sort of makes him have to figure out where he's going to stand against this person. Right. Yeah. So I for for that reason alone, I, I think Molar is like the perfect villain for this journey that that that, that, that I keep wanting to call him Harrison Ford that Indiana Jones is on. <laughs> so. Mulderam's awesome, and I yeah I can't get enough of him as a villain. I, I just yeah. really, I just really really enjoy him and that actor. Like, he just brings his character to life in such a fun fun way. Like he just embodies this dude. Like the yeah. way he laughs and cackles and carries on. The maniacal laugh. The, oh my the, god! At the at the at the end during the bridge sequence when he throws one of his henchmen at Indy and just like the look of glee on his face. He doesn't even care that he missed. No. He's just like, he's this like, is... He's like, no, another, another dead person for, for. For, for my god. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. Molaram is a pretty, you know, awesome villain. Doesn't get enough credit, I think. The stones will be found. You, <laughs> you will not. not. Oh, and he delivers that with such moxie. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, that's the other thing is, like, you kind of see in that moment of just, like, you know, th- this character's playing the long game. He's patient. Like, he did to go ahead, drop the stones. I don't care. We're going to kill you, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah. It, he's great. He's great. I, I, I can't say enough about, about um, Molar. I, I, again, I, and I love how... Again, it's one of those kind of few times in in Indiana Jones where you get a, like a lot of back and forth between the two characters, you know. Yeah. Like, Indy really gets to look at his, his his bad guy in the face for a lot of this movie. Yeah. And at one point, joins up with him once once Indy has the black blood of the Kali in him. Yeah. Yeah. The black and sleep of the Kali. Excuse me. The what? Black sleep of the Kali. Sorry. Black sleep of the Kali. Yeah. You know, and that, that's another thing. You know, the, the movie gives us that moment where we feel like we. Like we really lose him, yeah, as a character, you know. Yeah, and this this at this point, like we are firmly entrenched in in the horror aspects of the of the film, right? Like it's taken on yeah. a darker tone. I know we sort of we sort of we we sort of talked about it already, but like we should just reiterate that after that thuggy ceremony, that's when Indy goes down, gets the stones, but that's when he also yeah. hears the kids screaming. Um, yeah, he's gonna leave with them. Here's the kids. Yeah, and now he's been captured. Willie, short round, get captured. Uh, yeah. So yeah, things look bad for all of our heroes in this one. Yes. At this point, uh, and then Indy gets poisoned and turned into a bad guy, and we're yeah. like, "Wait, what the heck's gonna happen now?" Like, yeah. there's a, a really wild element to that. And again, like, let's just say it again: anything goes in this movie, dude. Because <laughs> we're like, "Wait a second, they just turned Indy Jones into a bad guy, and he's about to rip out Willie Scott's heart. What's happening?" <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's up to Short Round because Short Round is actually the heart of this movie. Yes. To to bring Indy out back out of, out of the black sleep by burning him, <laughs> hit that torch on the right of the belly. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but hey, mysticism in religion. Sure, it's the the shock of it. You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's 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 a really terrifying sequence. I mean, again, like the way Harrison Ford plays it as he's under the spell. Yeah, you know, and Willie's being strapped into this giant mechanism that's going to lower her to the the boiling lava down below. I mean, it's at a certain point you've got to be like, "What movie am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening right now?" 
Yeah, and it's great. Like, it's not even just like a vat of lava. It's like a vortex of lava. <laughs> it's like, swirling it's swirling. Vortex. You're just like, this is a gateway to another dimension, <laughs> to a hell dimension, you know, and like hell is slowly creeping out and has infected the land. And, you know, it's just, there's just so much to it that you can read into it and interpret and have fun with. Um, yeah, you know, and it, another thing about the about the 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 fire waking waking up Indy, um, and it also wakes up the the Maharaji at the end. My whole thought behind it was that that would maybe that wouldn't necessarily work on everybody, but only on like say strong minded or strong willed individuals. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of wondered about that. I don't know. I wasn't sure if we would talk about it necessarily. Because I mean, it feels like so many. There, you know, obviously, the thug you have a lot of like force indoctrinations, but there's also like the true believers who, you know, right. they're still going to be true believers. Yeah, it's not like they're going to have like some kind of, like uh, uh, a, a come to Shiva moment where where they realize, like, oh, I've been making horrible life choices. I <laughs> I must go back to Shiva now. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like some of these guys are in for a penny and for a pound, but maybe at the very least, it's like the the newer recruits. Like so, when we see Lal, when we see the Maharaja, like they're uh, it, it seems as if – okay, so – okay, I did want to ask this question because I, I wanted your opinion because it's okay. not real clear what exactly happened. Were Lal and the Maharaja part of this from the jump? Are During the dinner sequence, are they still under the influence of the cult? Or does the cult sort of uh, stage a bit of a palace coup once Indy comes into the temple and they just sort of bring the Maharaja and Lal in? Like what's your sort of take on this? I feel like they're all in on it. From the beginning, they've all taken the blood, and and that's it. See, I feel like at the very least, like Lal and the Maharaja were like, uh, like, like puppets of the cult. Like they're sort of like the public face. You know, they were yeah. being fueled by the by the by the stone by the um, um, diamonds they would recover in the mines. Because remember that, like Molaram talks about yes. that. Like the the kids are there; they're mining for stones that fuel their operation. Right. And like they're so the the Maharaja and Lal are sort of like the public face of the thuggy. Yeah. Meanwhile below all the stuff's going on. So the front. Yeah, the front. And and so uh, while I don't know if Lal and the Maharaja are under the thuggy's influence by like the black sleep of Kali necessarily, they're in on it, right? They gotta yeah. be in on it. They they're in on it, but I mean they definitely but I feel like they have to be, because otherwise like once once short round burns the Maharaja, why would he then help him? If he like if he was already consciously helping the thuggy, you know what I mean? Like if, if if it wasn't just the influence. Well again, maybe maybe the kid even more so is more of a puppet. He doesn't really even know. You know, that, you know, maybe Lal and, and Molaram recruited this kid to just be like, hey, you just want to be a Maharaja, we'll give you some fancy clothes and a bunch of bling to wear. I mean, that's kind of what, you yeah. Know. I mean, you know, he may not exactly have known the extent of what he was agreeing to. There's a lot of backstory that we could get out of this film, sure. That we don't know. That yeah. would be interesting to, to to find out about at some point, but I don't really know if that'll ever happen. So, yeah. So a lot of questions will go unanswered, but I just I sort of wanted to hear what your what your take was on that. Okay. Ah, uh, so, ah, uh, so yeah. I guess okay. We cover the ceremony. We have. We got the big fight once. Uh, oh, sorry. No, uh, hold on, hold on. Short round escapes. He's in the mine with the kids, and he's yes. working to free himself because he has to go save Doctor Jones. Right, and that's what he does. 
And we get like the fun moment with him in the ladder, knocking that guy off, swinging across, going up the rope. That's fun. That's good stuff. And there's like a little moment, if my memory serves, there's like a little moment when he's like smiles at us. And I'm like, okay, we're getting back into an Indiana Jones movie here any second now. And then once he burns Indy with the fire and Indy comes back, and then Indy gives us the wink. Yeah. That's when we're back into an Indiana Jones movie. You know, yes. John Williams' score kicks in, and it's time to punch some thuggy dudes in the face. Right. Or in, in the short round's face, kick him in the face. <laughs> or at least the midsection, because he's so tiny. Right. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, oh, my, I don't want to say it's a criticism, but listen, if, if Willie Scott's in that contraption and she's going up and down in that little lava thing, like the 42 times that she does. Yes. That's a metal contraption. Yes. That'd be very bad burns. She's going to have very bad burns. Very bad burns. But let's also just talk about the fact that the, the guy that gets dipped into the lava before her, like... He, like, exploded. That, <laughs> yeah. But that contraption... Yeah. Would have melted, would, too. Wouldn't even be... Yeah. Around anymore, yeah, it would have melted. So, yeah, whatever, you know, you, some of these things just have to go with. Hey, anything goes. You just go, yeah. goes, and just go on the ride. We're on, the, we're on a ride together. It's all good. It's not just lava. It's a vortex. It's a vortex. He just went. So down. it's different. It's di- maybe you're right. Maybe it is different. <laughs> maybe it's just like a, a boiling, rolling vortex of like orange crush. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. I don't melt your face. <laughs> Uh, so again, we, and we already talked about it, but once they beat up those guys at the ceremony and everyone's off the stage, Molaram has made his escape because we have another, uh, a secret exit, you know, a great trope of the genre. Yeah. Uh, we get that quiet moment between short round and Indy and we're all back together. We're having a good time. Uh, short round hands him his stuff and Willie's like, now it's time to get out of here. And, and Indy just gives out the line. He just gives it. He's like, yeah, all of us. Yep. And then you cut to then you again, this is like now we have Indiana Jones as we know him in Raiders. Right. This is like the transformation is complete now. The black blood of the collie's out of him and he knows what's next and he knows who he is and who he has to be moving forward. Yeah. And this is when, in my opinion, I, I love this next sequence slash shot so much. Like, I think this is Spielberg at his finest. This is John Williams at his finest. The way the scoring is done on this, I love insanely well. But you, you go into the mines now. The kids are in there. You got the, 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 the slave drivers whipping them. And you just see Indy in the shadows. And the way the mine cart slowly lights him yeah. up. And he's just standing there with his fists clenched. And he's like, it's on. And the music yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. John Williams' score in this picture is insanely underrated from the jump. It's so good. Yeah, it, it but it really kicks in here. It's like yeah. you really feel it, and yeah. like, you get like the little goosebumps, the little goose flesh comes on your skin because you're like, oh, here we go, it's on. I, I remember you couldn't find this score for the longest time. Really? But yeah, like I because I remember, I, I remember looking for it at you know, whatever record store or whatever I was going to, and it was like it was always Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade. No one ever had Temple of Doom. But you know, like I, you can get it on Spotify or whatever now, yeah. and and it's awesome. And like the, like the chant of the thuggy cult, it like it, it's all just so good. The music, yeah, the the um, the, the 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 themes that are specific to this film 
are, are really strong. Like the stuff in the mines, the stuff in the palace, uh, the catacombs, all that stuff is awesome. Yeah. It really sets like this, this uh, dark, bleak tone. And I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Did you ever find that uh, a physical copy of that soundtrack? I, I think it's been like they've reissued it okay. in since then. But I, I mean, I haven't bought it just because, you know, I, you know, I pay for Spotify. So. <laughs> I know. Part of you kind of wants to get a physical, physical copy of it, though. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, that's that, that's that's for a later t- later time. But yes. again, now we get into an Indiana Jones movie, right? Like it's time to punch thuggies in the face. We're freeing yeah. kids. We're 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 breaking this whole place apart, and we're all getting out of here. Yeah. And it's great. It's a really great sequence. And I I I don't know. Maybe I'm an old softy now, but I can't help but smile as like he and Willie and Short Round have the keys, and they're letting all these kids free, and the kids are running through the palace, and they're stomping on the table, and I don't I love it. <laughs> It gets me fired it, up, man. Yeah, it, it's all good stuff. I, I, I will say, like, I think this from from when they start freeing the kids to the beginning of the bridge sequence, I feel like, technically speaking, is actually kind of the worst section <laughs> of the movie. It's where you kind of run into the most flaws, and I couldn't help but to see them. There when are... I was watching it last night. But that being said, it's still an immensely fun sequence. There's a couple of like interesting editing choices, uh, uh, specifically when Indy's fighting the big guy on the conveyor belt. Yes. And uh, the, 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 the Maharaja has the voodoo doll. And, yeah. you know, and it looks like Indy should have been crushed about five different times, but, but he's always yes. just an inch away. Well, I, and the th- you know why, right? Uh, enlighten the audience. Well, so the the re- no, I, don't, I, le- I don't know either. The, so tell the, us the re- I think the reason for that is because uh, Harrison Ford had herniated his back, and so, so, but the production had to continue. So Spielberg continued with the shooting, and they shot that scene basically two times and they they shot it the first time with all the wide shots with uh, the stunt double. Uh, for Indy, who Rick Anderson? Rick Anderson, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 shot they shot all the wides with him, and then once Harrison Ford was back in acting shape, they just kind of plugged in all the close ups and stuff. And I think that's why that sequence looks like that. But but yeah, that is one of the things that I'm kind of talking about. It's like it's like ugh, that like that editing is just not. It's not as tight as you want it to be. Yeah, sure. like you know they, yeah, you know, and, and and it's 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 the same actor who played the big Nazi. Big Nazi. I was gonna I was gonna say yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny and, they get to fight each other again. Yeah, and so it's very clearly they, they're they want that sequence again. They're they they they're giving that to us a second time. They want to make it bigger and better. And it's just kind of unfortunate that that happened to to Harrison Ford because like yeah, we do get those little flaws in there that I think kind of take the audience out of it a little bit yeah well and like was was it didn't in raiders he had like malaria or something too like i don't remember that malaria like diphtheria or something like that that's why the that's why the sequence, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why the sequence was with the gun instead of a big like whip sword whip and sword fight like it was supposed to be right yeah because <laughs> here's before to go poo yeah and i mean i'm for you know for 
that was like to Raiders' benefit. They came up with a fun, creative solution for yeah. that. Un- unfortunately, uh, it's I think it was to the detriment of of Temple. Yeah, I mean, again, you wish that would be like tightened up a little bit in the in the editing process. Um, but I mean, it, it gets his point across. You know, you got, you got short round yeah. fighting the Maharaja to get the Voodoo doll to pull the pin out of his back so that Indy can get back to it and win. And yeah. John Williams hits, hits the rousing score at the right notes. And I mean, yeah. you still See, cheer. <laughs> the the spike chamber scene also suffers from the same thing. It looks like they should have been they should crushed have died a couple, yeah. five times. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I I think with that one, I'm willing to be a little bit more indulgent. But yeah, they, it does feel like those those scenes when they're, when they're cutting back and forth and it it, it seems like death is imminent. Do take out a little bit longer than maybe they should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's also like the spikes in uh, Army of Darkness. Same thing. Yeah. You know what, Mark? Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything goes. All right. <laughs> well, I, I again, like you said, I, I, you know, you can definitely, uh, uh, you know, kind of point that out. But it's, I still like the fight with the big guy. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, he gets crushed by a rock crusher, and we get a big blood smear. Yeah. Should should be a bigger blood smear though. But no. but his acting when he's going into the crusher <laughs> is really great. Yeah, I like that guy. He's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this this leads us to you know we we punch some guys, we shoot some guys, we swing off of a a, a giant uh, uh, I don't even know what that is like ropey thing, and uh, end up in a minecart. Oh yeah, it was like it, it it was a rope that was holding a bucket. Like a bucket, yeah. Yeah, and just yeah, he just swings across, gets in the minecart, and then we get the video game sequence. Yeah, it, you know, it it is funny. That I, I just want to mention that 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 sequence where where Indy's swinging from the rope. There are two distinct shots, uh, and in one of them, it's very obvious when it's not Harrison Ford, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. the guy has a much stronger grip on that rope <laughs> versus <laughs> the like I'm hanging on for dear life. Harrison Ford version. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean again, it, it, it's just that thing of like Harrison Ford is one of those actors. He likes to do as much of his own stunts as he can. And, you know, the the shooting had to had to continue, unfortunately, again, without it, him. It's one of those go- like kind of like goofs that I just I just look past. I'm just having too much fun at that point. I, it just, again, at this stage of the movie, if you're not in for a penny and for a pound, then what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, come on. But yeah, yeah, this this launches us into the mind sequence, the mind cart sequence. Yes. Which I know as a kids we loved. Now you can look at it and be like, all right, I, all right, like it's it's sort of flawed and a little chunky, quirky, weird, but it, it's still fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I think you have to remember when it was made. You know, like they didn't have CG and whatnot. It was shot on a sound stage. Sound stage, so, you know, green screen, all that stuff. Well, no green screen. Was it blue screen back then? I don't think there was any blue screen. I think it was all set. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'll, try, yeah. I'll take your word for you. I, I think. I think so. I, I don't. Maybe. Maybe there was a combination. Well, no. Would have. It wouldn't have been. It would have been matte. It would have been a, a matte painting. There's, I mean, there's definitely matte painting at play. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think there's any any blue screen. But um, you know. Regardless, we don't have to go into the technical aspects of it. Yeah, 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 but you know, and, and yeah, there, there are definitely again, you know, there's just kind of some flawed logic in there, like when he's like, you know, left the break, get back on the break. <laughs> well, and that's fine because that's Indy being our flawed hero, making mistakes and and stuff like that. But I mean, how like, you know, they throw that log in front of one of the mine carts right. and then the log hits a rock and that causes that mine cart 
to fly off the rails, but it's still kind of it like it's laying on its side on the rails, and then another mine cart comes through and hits that cart. That doesn't derail that cart, right? You know what I mean? It's like they just kind of say, "Eh, okay." Yeah, I, I sort of wondered about I was, when, I, when I, I, over the years. I sort of wondered if, they, if they're trying to say like that second minecart had so much velocity that it didn't matter. I think so. I, th- I think that's what they're going for. Whether again the physics, I don't know if that's what would happen. Probably not. But you know, at, at least this movie tries to believe in physics, you know, unlike a Fast and the Furious movie, which just w- willfully ignores <laughs> the laws of gravity. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess they, I haven't you know, seen. They at least try to make movies, these. They, but... You know, they're at least trying to make this plausible, I suppose. But again, like you said, it's it's sort of it's they're stretching it. There's a there's a bit of this minecart sequence that feels like it was something like we're gonna do this thing and then we're gonna build it at Universal Studios. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I think, think there was actually I think there a was thing, a ride right? at some point. Yeah, I'm sure of it. There had to be right. Like it was yeah. it was very roller coaster inspired, which were a big big thing in the '80s. Yeah. So. You know, you know whether whether it's it's neat or not. Like, I'm not gonna knock the scene. It's fun. I enjoy it. I like it when they have to uh, when Indy has to, you know, put his foot on the brake and do the yeah. whole thing with his foot catching fire. Uh, meantime, Molaram is gonna flood the chain, flood the yeah. tunnels. It's a lot it's, of water. <laughs> it's, it's I like great... how the water doesn't follow them down the one the one secondary shaft. We do what we do. And and again, flaws, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's kind of one of those things of like. That's a simple fix. Why yeah. no one thought of that? You know, it's kind of one. But but yeah, at, at the end of the day, you kind of just have to go with it. It's like, eh, it, I it wish d- they It does feel like a little that, bit but... at this point, like the script has a lot of like, okay, we need this to happen and we need to get the characters here. Because we need to get to this setup. Because I was, I was trying, and again, I, I don't know if I'm being just willfully forgetful or not, but I was trying to remember, I was like, when did they set up they had to go to the bridge? You know, they come out of the chamber and, and, and they're on the rock and he's just like, meet me at the bridge. And it's like, wait, did, did we ever talk about going to a bridge before? No. <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those things. They just have to get the characters to this point. He, he saw it. He saw it in the distance. I guess. That, that, that's, where, that's where I'm going with it. And again, yeah. like, it is what it is. It's, it's fun. And it gets us to the bridge sequence. And so, uh, but not before we get a little bit of an homage to what's coming up in Raiders. And the two guys with the swords come out, but Harrison doesn't have his, or Indy doesn't have his gun with him. Right. <laughs> so he just has thrown away. Yes. <laughs> well, no, he does punch him in the face, but then the, the other guys show up and then he runs away. Yeah. I mean, he, we get a little bit, I think, of the. Of what was supposed this, to be the whip sequence. Yeah. Cause, and, and, and so one of the other things that, that, that I noticed is like during that sequence, like, Indiana Jones whips the one guy's hand and he whips the sword out of his hand. And that sword, if you watch it, it just, it just flies over the side of the cliff. But then, and then they cut to a thuggy charging at Indy and Indy has that sword in his hand. It's kind of like, <laughs> again, like simple thing. You can fix that. You yeah, know. I mean, Spielberg will go in and, and, and put walkie-talkies in people's hands for E.T., but he won't do that for Indy? What the heck? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, but that's the thing. I don't, like, don't touch it. Like, please don't touch it. No. I, I'm well, not I, into this going back and quote-unquote fixing movies. Apparently Spielberg came out recently and said he was wrong for doing that in E.T. Oh, good. Yeah, so that was interesting. But again, not on, not on the topic. But let's yeah. let, let's get to the bridge because again this is this is where this is for all the money right here this is i love this scene 
this, this is, is great. And again, it's full of like those. It still has like those comical moments and those moments of like suspending your disbelief kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's great. It's so fun. This it's is intense, I action. For me, I think this is probably my favorite sequence of the whole series. I fucking love this scene. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like, it is so, I just think, so iconic. The cutting of the bridge with Willie and Short Round on it, it is just so fucking ballsy. (laughs) And everything that Indiana Jones is supposed to be. It's just great. fully represented in this scene. No, it's 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 great, and I think I'd agree with you on that with the with your word choice of iconic. It's insanely good, and this is where the characters are de- just delivering like thunder. Like yes. <laughs> they are bringing it. It's so insane. Oh, I love the sequence. Actually, this episode you won't know until you listen to it later. But we open the show with that sequence, where Very good. Uh, where, where you know. Where uh, uh, Indy's speaking, uh, was it Mandarin to Short Round? Yes. And he's, hang on, lady, we go for a ride. <laughs> and then it ends with, with Indy saying, prepare to meet Kali in hell. Because yeah. the thunder. <laughs> Great delivery. <laughs> Great delivery. Yeah, and then the, the bridge breaks, and okay, you know. Whatever, it just it worked out great. They all end up on the right side, not in the bottom of that river with the alligators. But hey, Indiana Jones, baby, fortune breaks his way. They tied, they tied themselves to that, to that sturdy rope. Yeah, <laughs> like, super sturdy rope. Yeah. Sure, no one has a broken arm or anything after that. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Indiana Jones's hip should be out of place after that whole thing. <laughs> well, I think that is one of the things about these about these movies is that you know, like yes, it's they stretch the the physics and and things like that but it is you know you definitely see the characters taking damage especially indy oh, yeah. himself yeah. he's always getting that's hobbled he's, yeah that's and, why he's a great pulp hero for sure yeah you know it's not like you said it's not like fast and furious i just got thrown through 10 walls in the roof of a car i'm fine <laughs> you know well and but the other the other thing that's really cool about the sequence uh specifically when the bridge is breaking i mean that's a real shot yeah it's it's you know they, they did like the big long wide shot and it looks awesome yeah they covered it with i think eight cameras it, and it's one of those things like they they had one take to do it mm-hmm. that's it and yeah they got because they there that was in sri lanka and they got there was a British company there building a dam, and they got some of the engineers to build That's them right. a, a suspension right. bridge with like built-in exploding mechanisms, so that they could they could trigger the break. Like that's that's just classic filmmaking. I, I, I just love effects, that. Man, I love practical stuff like that. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's a great shot, and it's one of those things to like. You you probably won't see anyone film anything like that ever again. No. And you know it leads to the we talked a little bit about the fun sequence. Uh, Mulderum throwing his guys down, trying to like, knock Indy off the bridge. Yeah, but again, I don't. I don't want to. I feel like I'm sort of shortchanging the standoff on the bridge, but it's it's incredible. The whole thing with Mulderum. I mean, you you gave the line earlier. You know, like you know, drop the stones. We'll find them. You know, or you know. Yeah, we'll find. They'll be, they'll found, be found. You, you will not. Yeah, yeah. Like, all that. And stuff. it's also, 
it 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 also you know it it's that callback to the first act. It it is it's the exchange with Lao Shea again. Yeah, it you know, really is. and it's yeah, and and what does Indiana Jones do when his back is to the wall? He just creates mayhem. Like that's how we're gonna get out of this. Yeah, it's the only way. Yeah, like there's no way out. I'll make a way out. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get the, the exchange between them, and the, again, it comes down to the final moment between Molaram, Indy, hanging onto the rungs, fighting for the Shankara stones. And again, this is the moment where like Indy now now believes, like he's seen enough. He he, I wouldn't say he's a true believer, but he evokes the name Shiva, gets the Shankara going. Uh, like all these things happen, the magic, the mysticism, the supernatural elements you talked about earlier, back yeah. in play in a, in an Indiana Jones film, and vital to the conclusion of it, just like in Raiders is. Or, right, that was not a good sentence, but just like in Raiders, and <laughs> and yeah, I mean it, it hits those notes. It's just a different religion this time around, uh, right? And you know we get the sequence the, the 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 British again. We won't go into imperialism, uh, but the British show up to to shoot down the thuggy on the other side of the of the ravine. Yeah, and, why were they there? <laughs> well, the Maharaja was with them, so it must, he must have summoned them, right? Hmm? The Maharaja's there, so he must have summoned them at some point. Oh, the British? Yeah. Okay. I didn't notice the Maharaja there. Yeah, the there. Maharaja runs out. Okay. As, 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 the, as we see them coming down, the Maharaja's with them, and then we come across with Willie and Short Round in the foreground. Okay. All right. So I didn't it, notice the Maharaja there. Yeah, okay, good. That makes more sense because I was yeah. just like, I guess they were just on patrol in the right area. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Maharaja's in the scene, and then uh, the, the, the British come on the other side. They, they, they surround the last of the thuggies. Uh, and then, but but where's Indy? Is Indy still on the bridge? We don't know. We're just gonna stand here and, and wait and see if he climbs up. And he does. And guess what? He's got yeah. himself a Shankara stone. He's got one of the stones. Uh, and and we, again, we get to again. As much as I love that sequence, like you do on the bridge, I love the way this film ends. Mm-hmm. I love the shot of them coming back into the village. The village is now green with life. People yes. are they're they're farming. They're they're doing their thing. They're living their lives. Indy, Willie, Short Round come up the little hill into the village. They have the stone in their hands. And then the kids. The kids come out, and you, <laughs> the parents just lose it. It's, yeah. It's this wonderful, rousing, emotional sequence. Yep. Like, if you're not dead inside, you probably really like this scene. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. There's just, just so much, like, what feels like genuine emotion happening on the screen as these, these families are being reunited. Uh, all because of this guy who didn't believe any of this stuff, but when he left to go to the palace, he just thought like he was going to make a million bucks off of, off of uh, finding a Shankara stone. But now he believes. Right. He saves these people. He knows who he is now. He's the good guy. Sorry. <laughs> Watch out, Nazis. I'm coming for you next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just has a great resolution. Just a, a great, classic, feel-good, happy ending. Yeah. The movie ends insanely well. Yeah. And again, the girl, John Williams kiss. killing it on the score. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, this movie is so insanely underrated <laughs> and, and, and wrongly maligned by yeah. people who are short-sighted and dumb. I, I agree. <laughs> this movie's great. Yep. Again, there's silly elements. There, 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 there might be some things you bump up against, but how are you not having a good time with this? Yeah, I like, like I, you know, I, I told you when, when we talked about about doing this that, you know, probably if I, if I had to choose one, I would probably pick this one as my favorite. Like I, I love it. it, it you know, I'll, 
I'll point out the flaws in it. I'm not saying that there aren't any, mm-hmm. but I, I think it is such an entertaining thrill ride. Like it, it's just so good. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not quite sure I'm willing to agree with you a hundred thousand percent on that, but Temple of Doom is, uh, it's very, very beloved to me. Uh, yeah. I, I only have one Indiana Jones poster uh, in my, That's in right. my collection, and it's this. It's Temple of Doom. It's this one. Yeah. I, and it, it's it's not even like the main poster. Right. Like, I think it was like the teaser poster that came out in like yeah. 83, late 83 or whatever, uh, that says like, if, if adventure has a name, it's Indiana Jones. Uh, yes. It, and I I love that poster. It's insanely good. It's Drew Struzan, so it's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, it's basically that shot that you were exactly. that you were talking about. Yeah, you know, it, he's holding iconic. the machete in the doorway of the temple, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's an iconic poster, and that shot in the, in the mind is iconic too. The way that the, again, going back to the way they they lit these things, the way yeah. the way that sequence plays out. This movie has it all. <laughs> it again, it's I believe it's unfairly maligned and is not appreciated by enough people. Uh, so go if if you're one of those people. Go back and revisit this movie. It's great. How are you not having a good time with this flick? Yeah. Epic. Epic movie. And again, I, I watch it far too often. <laughs> I, I go back to this one <laughs> a lot because there's a lot here. Uh, but but kind of really, you know, I really just watch it mostly for entertainment purposes. <laughs> but on those nights where I'm really feeling it and I'm kind of like getting into like some of the things they're trying to talk about, you know, like like when I'm contemplating is Shiva really manipulating, you know, events to get Indiana Jones to this location? When I'm looking at 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 Indy's character arc, his 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 journey from uh, sort of like the grave robbing archaeologist uh, uh, trying to become you know get rich through Ill- illegal activities to the guy that we're going to meet in Raiders in a couple of years, right. you know, it, like if looking at the back of those things and, and just really kind of embracing uh, the the storytelling that they're doing. In this, in this picture is, is is a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot more going on here than I think it gets, it gets credit for. I agree with that. It's a fun, fun movie. I don't know what else to say about it, Mark. Do you? I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's it's like a big blockbuster horror movie. I think I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it it has so many different elements to it. Uh, it's it's not just you know like when you look at Raiders and you look at Last Crusade and and and, and Crystal Skull. And probably Dollar Destiny. I mean, they're they're going to be like these big, fun adventure movies, right? And that's great. And Last Crusade is that too. But Last Crusade is also like this kind of like weird zany comedy. But it's also this has like this kind of emotional core with him in Short Round, and then it has the horror film elements. Like there's a, mm-hmm. just a lot in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. like totally, it, it moves around quite a bit. And I love that the the filmmakers wanted to do something that was going to be be very different than what they did previously with Raiders. Yeah, I, I I think it's an example of what people should be doing with with sequels. Is yeah, you know you make it as different as maybe not as different as possible, but you know you want your characters to go on an original journey. Yeah, stop being uh, stop being gutless, Hollywood. Uh, pay some writers some money, and, you know, pay, yeah. give them their rights back, uh, and and like let's like stop making safe BS for for the masses. Like let's get back to to. You know, examining our characters in a, in a fun, different way, like this one does with Indy. Yeah. And uh, okay, let me, let me let me ask one final question. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. You you asked me already before we were recording, but I'm gonna ask you: Are you gonna go see Dollar Destiny? Probably not. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it just I, was it just because the okay. uh, Crystal Skull left such a bad taste in your mouth? 
Crystal Skull left such a bad taste in my mouth. Like, like watching, like, like Crystal Skull just right from the beginning. Like watching old man Harrison Ford, <laughs> like, like his fist is like shaking as he punches Nazis, and then the Nazis fly twenty feet back. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he's twenty years older now, or fifteen years older now. Like, do you think it's going to be any better? I, I just, I just don't see that happening. Well, first of all, he was punching communists in the face in the last one. Well, yeah, sorry, <laughs> he was punching the Soviets. Um, yeah, but, same but I would actually argue that Harrison Ford might be in better shape now than he was for Crystal Skull. He's been, uh, he's been very busy recently. He's been in a lot of things, and he's looking pretty, uh, pretty, pretty trim and in shape. I feel like, he, like yes, he looks good for his age, but remember, this is a guy who's like getting his leg broken on a door on well, Force it, Awakens well, all, and it stuff felt, like that. It, it, like, it did fall on him. I mean, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like he fell down the stairs or something. Yeah, but it, like it's a set. How heavy was it really? Apparently, very. Apparently, yeah, that or else he's just got some osteoporosis. I, I heard they built the real Millennium Falcon, so like it's you know very, very, very heavy. Mm. All right. I well, I don't think that's true. I like. I will. I will watch it eventually. But as far as getting out to theaters to see it, that I. I don't know. I'm just hoping that that if if by by all accounts, by all reports, this is it. This is Harrison's last ride as Indiana Jones. Uh, I just hope it works out better for Indiana Jones than it did for Han Solo, because yeah, that still makes sure. me angry. So, <laughs> but we won't talk about that right now. We'll we'll skip that topic. I know it's a Star Wars podcast, but don't get me started on the death of Han Solo. I I don't I can't I can't go there right now. Let's just not get started on those sequel movies. Let's not do that either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One day I'll have the guts to have you and I sit down and just talk about it with those movies. And oh my god, yeah, people would hate it. Well, I know two people that really like it, but (laughs) I don't know how most people would feel about it. I have some strong opinions. I feel like most people don't really like those movies. Well, again, I'm again, I'm not going to get into it, but there, you know, every Star Wars film has a generation of fans that, for them, that's their first Star Wars, and if that, you know, and that's what gets them in the door, I'm happy for them. That's great. I'm glad you're here. But here's the thing: two, two of those three generations are wrong. <laughs> I think you have a shirt that says that, <laughs> or is it a coffee mug? Maybe you should What's start it? that. That should be your, that should be your new <laughs> brand. You should get that going. You just came with a million dollar idea. All right, two of three generations are wrong. No, two of three Star Wars generations are wrong. Okay. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for hanging out today, man. I've had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun going back to this movie. You you, uh, you brought some real insight to it, uh, and I truly, truly appreciate it, man. It was a good time. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, buddy boy. I will talk to you soon. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to convince you to go see Della Destiny if I enjoy it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I'm not I'm not ruling it out entirely. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. All right. You too. And there you have it, folks. That's the conversation between my brother and I for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If you're heading out this weekend to check out Dial of Destiny, let me know what you think. Hit me up on the social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Another reminder to make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. My name is Tom. Nargai Tom, and this is the Men Division Podcast. I'm so glad you've been listening and supporting the show over over all the time you've been doing it. So <laughs> I think we're going to get out of here real, real quick. Uh, so I apologize once again for this, this interruption into our Star Wars schedule. Uh, 
but it's Indiana Jones. It's Harrison Ford. It is Han Solo himself. So I wanted to pay a little homage, a little respect to the man himself. Uh, we will be back next week. We will pick up the the final arc of season five of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and I cannot wait to have those conversations with you all. So please, please, please be ready. It's going to be intense. It's going to be awesome. And it's it doesn't get better than those final four episodes of this season. All right? We're getting out of here. You all remember this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>